gonna try to do something tonight and probably next Wednesday. It's gonna be a challenge for me to do it. We're gonna see how it works out. Partially because I'm gonna be doing it between these, between my notes and, and the TVs. That's not my favorite way of teaching at all. Favorite way of teaching is just the notes, you and me. And, but a lot of people have said they enjoy seeing something in the back and reading it and helping them holds their interest more. So I'm going to try to comply with you. But this is somewhat of a detail. This, tonight I'm going to do a teaching into next Wednesday. This is theology. Many of you have heard of, of the Bible has covenants in it. Covenants. There are covenants in the Bible. Before we go to that, we're going to see my, you wanted to see when I was 15 years old. I'm on the right, obviously. The hair is because of the Beatles. And uh, yes, I did have blonde hair. It's hard to believe. Uh, my mom and dad, my dad was 48. Mom was 48. They were both born in 1920. And so we were on Fort Myers Beach. Uh, Fort Myers Beach was very primitive in 1966. No condos. Three quarters of the beach was only was mangroves, no houses. And the other uh, quarter of the beach were houses basically built in there from locals. And a few motels. And so those were some striped fish we caught. We didn't know what they were. We just we didn't know what they were. We went into the dock and asked the guy, what are these striped fish we're catching? He said, my, well, my. He said, those are snook. And he said, those are delicious to eat. Well, we didn't know. So we started, uh, that was the guy, the guy taught us how to fillet them and how to skin them. Normally up north, folks, we always ate all our fish with a skin on them. Bluegill, bass, and everything, we, we kept the skin on them. We scaled them and, and then gutted them and then cut them up and ate them like that. But these snook are no good with a skin on He said, if you eat those with a skin on them, they taste like soap. And so people, northern folks, wouldn't keep them because they would scale them and try to eat them. They'd be like, ugh. He said, no, you got to flay the skin off of them. He's the first guy that taught us how to do that. And so we did that. 48 years old, hard to believe. And my dad now is 102 years old. And he's doing a lot better than in that picture. <clears throat> okay, eight biblical covenants. And so what is a covenant? Well, it went to the Hebrew word. makes sense to me. Uh, it means here a, a compact, a confederacy, a league, uh, otherwise known as a covenant. Let's see if I have the definition of that on here. Yes. Whoa. Stop. A formal binding agreement between two parties to do or not to do something. Um. It is said that a biblical covenant is a declaration of God in which he establishes man's responsibility to obey a specific revelation from the Lord. Usually these covenants are unconditional. As God declares, I will, man's obedience leads to his blessing, while man's disobedience leads to his discipline. In most cases, man's sinful disobedience cannot interfere with God's ultimate fulfillment of his covenants, um, the future of this world does not rest on frail humanity. It rests on the sovereignty of God. God will fulfill his purposes, and man will not thwart it, 
and Satan will not thwart it, and the demons will not thwart it, and Biden will not thwart it, and the Democrats will not thwart it. Ultimately, God's purposes, his covenants, will come to pass. Jesus' coming uh, was fought by the devil himself and the hordes of hell all the way to the birth of Christ, and even at the birth of Christ, sent Herod to slay all the children in Bethlehem. He was trying to somehow destroy the Christ child because he knew he was going to crush his head. And so the devil knows something of these covenants. He's obviously got ears to hear, and he hears when they're made and what they're about. God established through history some eight covenants which show us God's desire to establish a working personal relationship with his creation, overcoming sin and its effects, with the purpose to reconcile and redeem. When I talk to folks that are religious, even Christian religious, meaning they're Christian by name, we often will say, do you know Christ is your personal Savior? And when they give you that mystified look, you know something's wrong. Because if you know Jesus, and he indwelled, the Holy Spirit indwells, you know what you were talking about. Oh, I walk with him and talk with him. He tells me I'm his own. I mean, you know that. Now, if somebody says, do you know Christ as your personal Savior? And you go, well, I'm a, I'm Episcopalian. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Catholic. I go to church all the time. I'm this, I'm that. That's not what you're looking for. When people ask me, do you know, do you know Kathy intimately? I don't say, well, uh, I, I live with her. Uh, we shop together. Uh, uh, she spends most of my money. I, I don't say that. That doesn't have anything to do with the question. I, I know her intimately. We walk together. In fact, today I came in, as I always do on Wednesday at noon, and have a staff meeting with the boys, and as well as uh, other meetings that I have on Wednesday afternoon. She said, oh, I missed you this afternoon. You know why? This is our anniversary. Oh, yes, it's an anniversary. Neither one of us remembered it till this afternoon. <laughs> 51 years. I couldn't even believe it. 51 years. A miracle, eh? It's a miracle. It is a miracle, by the way. If you knew me, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. So the eight covenants, I'm going to try to go one by one. I'm, is this, trust me on this, you can go down long, you can go down deep, stay down long, and come up dry on this material. <clears throat> Some of you are not about as interested in the covenants as what's between my two fingers. But I'm telling you, it's important biblical understanding. It's systematic theology. It's something you need to get some at least understanding about. Just if it's so, what I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks is just a general overview, real general overview of. First of all, there are eight covenants. You're going to learn that. You're going to learn what those eight covenants are. You're not going to be able to go out of here and quote the eight covenants. I mean, you're not going to be able to do that. But you're going to know there are eight covenants, and you're going to know that something of what the eight covenants are about, especially. If you've read the Bible through, how important is it to read the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation? I'm trying to, this will show. You're not going to see this, what I'm teaching tonight, unless you read the Bible from cover to cover. 
Because the Bible flows with a plan and things like a flower unfold as you read down through. Now, you say, well, Brother Bill, I want to read, I, I don't like, I, I want to read a chronological Bible. I hate chronological Bibles. I hate them. The Reeves, I think it's a Reese's chronological Bible. I tried to start to read that. And if you can do that, you're a better man than I am, better woman than I am. I can't stand them. I learned the chronology by where what the books were. Generally, the Bible's in a pretty good chronological format. It's not, it's not too far off, okay? <clears throat> the last book of the, of the Old Testament, Second Chronicles. So, probably didn't know that, did you? Well, you maybe wouldn't necessarily have to, but you can learn that. Well, that's so. Here we go. So the uh, eight covenants, the, the Edenic, uh, Eden, obviously the covenant out of the Garden of Eden, the Edenic covenant. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. I must stop here and say work is not a curse. Work was before the curse. Work was before the fall. Work is not a curse. It is a blessing. When you retire... It is so important from your main job that you're making your living at that you do something else. Keep busy doing something else. Don't just drop everything. You know, if you're going to be a fishing guide, be Ernie, like a fishing guy. That's what he does. Uh, you know, if you're going to be Max, uh, what do you do? Build houses. Build houses and sell them. That's what you're doing. Yeah, that's what you Move. Build houses. Sell them. Move. Build houses. Sell them. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cronin. Tom Cronin's still working at the furniture store every day. I'm not sure he works, but he shows up every day at the furniture store. You know, Cronin's porch and patio on US 41. Woof, woof. Before I die, I wish you'd do that commercial. That is a great commercial. That is a great commercial. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. What of the... But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, a test is not a test unless there is possibility of failure. Why does God leave, why does God leave us here in this old wicked world after we get saved? Why don't he just, whoop, rapture us up? Bring, okay, we trust Christ our Savior, we get saved. Well, because now we're what? We're under tests, aren't we? This is a test. We're to examine ourselves and prove ourselves and see if we've been in the faith. And a test is a test, but a test is not a test if there's not a possibility of failure. And there was a possibility of failure put in the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, of course, if you know about humans, uh, tell them not to do something. Even in the, even in the uh, come on in, Steve. Amen. That's okay. I'm glad. You, I'd rather have you late than never. Come on, Leticia. God bless you for coming. Appreciate it. Uh, Twenty bucks for being late, but otherwise you're good. You're good. No, hey. Um, so it was put in there as as a see see what I mean. It was a real. You say, well, but God knows the beginning and the end, and quit thinking through too much. A test is a test is a test. God wanted to see where Adam and Eve were. He made him in his image. He gave him volition. They could make choices. Satan could make choices. Third of the angels made choices. 
His creatures, he let, they're not slaves. They're not just slave, mindless slaves. They have choices. He wants to solidify who you are, not just to yourself, but to him. You say, well, God knows, but he wants you to know. So the real tests come along. Real temptations. There's no temptation taking you, but such as what? Common. Common to man. God is faithful. And if you want to beat the temptation, he'll make it where you can beat it. He'll provide a way of escape for you. Most of the time, my mother used to say, run! Amen? Run! She said, when you go on a date, put your Bible between you and your, the girl. That way, if she, you have to go over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to get in trouble. Huh? Oh, brother, I'm not to go there. I don't know if I got this in. I'm not sure. Adam and Eve, children, were, they were to, what were they to do? The conditions of this, every covenant has conditions. What were they to do? They were to rule over the planet. That was their job. Adam was uh, to populate, the, Adam and Eve were to populate the planet. The reason I say Adam is because he was the head guy. God always deals through authority. He goes the head guy. Adam, he made his covenant with Adam. And eventually we say Adam and Eve. But obviously, they, he put Adam over all the animals and everything else. And God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, God put the fear of animals in, in them after the fall because, uh, so they wouldn't eat man. I, I witnessed that diving. I've been diving when it's over 20 foot, at least 20 foot uh, hammerhead came by with a 5 foot wide hammer. Big old mouth, massive tail. It looked like a prehistoric monster swam within five feet of me and was scared of me. That's because God said, fear man. Otherwise, he'd have come by and go, lunch? You wouldn't be able to get in the water had God not put the fear of man in the barracudas and fear of man in the moray eels and the fear of man in the sharks and the fear of man because a lot of things in the ocean will eat you. But they put the fear of man in them. Now, once in a while, they violate that, don't they? But most of the time, they make mistakes. They think it's a seal, a surfer, and it ends up being a surfer. Or they see something quickly moving through the water, and they think it's a wounded fish, and it ends up being a human swimming or something like that. But it's rare, and it's, a, it's, it's, it's actually the, the, rules, the rules of this covenant God, God placed in. So Adam was to do all this stuff, and he didn't do it, did he? Um, the, the first, let, me, let me go off of the slide a little bit. The first commandment to Adam and Eve was to have physical relations and produce children. Jesus refers to this model as God's ideal and best model, the model of the first covenant, the Edenic covenant. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, when they tried to say about divorce, they tried to, the Pharisees and lawyers and them, them, them corrupt folks tried to take Jesus back to Deuteronomy chapter 24, where Moses basically said, you can, get a, you can get a divorce if you don't like your wife. And, uh, and he said, well, what about Moses? Because they held Moses in high regard, right? And Jesus said, oh, no, no. No, no. Moses gave you that because you were wicked, basically. Hardness of your heart. And he knew you'd, do, you'd, just, you'd just desert your wife and she'd starve out. Instead of giving her a writ of divorcement where she could go back to her family. Because a woman couldn't live without a man at that time. Most of the time, many parts of the earth, even now. They can't live without men. So it's important to make provision for them. He said he gave those risks of divorcement for you so you wouldn't really basically hurt your women and you were hard-hearted 
and you were going to do it anyways. But he says, in the beginning it was not so. He made Adam and Eve one man, one woman. Not, one man, not Adam and Steve, Adam and Eve. No offense, Steve. But Adam and Eve wasn't. <laughs> the, you can look back at the very beginning of the Bible and refute transgender. You can refute homosexuality just by looking at the beginning of the very beginnings of the beginnings. Jesus, and it's legitimate because Jesus did it. His answer to them was go back to Genesis. Look at Adam and Eve. What was the pattern that God set up? He said Adam and Eve, and they were married for life till death do us part, brother. Beside, Adam didn't have any other choices. But nevertheless, Adam and his children were to manage the garden and to keep it in good shape. Adam and his children were to eat the fruit of their labor except for the one tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The penalty of this violation was death in its fullest sense of the word. What is real death? There's, there's physical death. That's the first death. We're going to die. We're going to die. You say, I'm going to be raptured. I hope so. There's going to be a generation that gets raptured. They get transformed. But most of the people that live are going to die a physical death. But if you're born twice, you only get to die once. If you're born twice, you don't die the second time. But if you're only born once, you've got to die twice. You've got to die physically. But the second death he was talking about was the day you eat there of you shall surely die, I'm talking about. You're going to die eternally. What is eternal death? It's not a cessation of consciousness. Nowhere in the Bible does it even indicate a cessation of consciousness. In fact, it repudiates and repudiates it. Eternal separation from God is what the second death's all about. Being separated from God. I hope we get that. You don't, you don't realize, and I don't realize, how important it is to have God around. To have God around right now. I'm talking even among, the Bible says He gives rain to the just and the unjust. He's around even the wicked people. They don't even get it. He's making the earth spin at a certain speed. He's making the sun and the earth to stay away from each other at a certain distance. He's having the moon stay away at a certain place. That big asteroid is coming by. Oh, we're having a near miss on a big asteroid. Five times the distance of the, of the moon and the earth. They said that's near? You know? Me, near to me would be see it flame out as it went by. You know, pull the tides. No. It's not a near miss. There's no near... Um, well, I'll go on. When, when Adam died, what happened? His body changed. Immediately, he began to die. God did not fulfill the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die in its fullest sense, did he? Had he done that, Adam would have physically died and gone to a place called hell. That would have been the end of the deal. But he, 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 uh, he slowed that thing down a little bit. How long did Adam live? I think he lived oh, 800 and some odd years, maybe 900 years. Those are real years, just like our years. And he lived a long time. He slowed it down out of respect for his own creation. And Adam had to be saved like you got saved. Adam, how did Adam get saved? He got saved in faith from the one that was coming. How did you get saved? You got saved in the, by faith in the one who came. Now, they may, not know, they may not know the details we know, but they knew that there was one coming that would crush the head of the serpent, and he was going to be the savior of the world, really. Maybe not by name, but they knew there was one coming. 
uh, each generation with the, with the opportunity they had and the faith they had, they believed. Adam received the evil nature called the old flesh and the old man and natural man in the Bible. Uh, even he had her first fight, what clothes to wear. She said, those fig leaves will be fine. She said, but they don't match my shoes, nevertheless. But Adam immediately was separated from his intimate fellowship with his creator. He physically, immediately, his body changed and it began to die. Immediately, spiritually, he was cut off from fellowship with God. Why? Because God can't be around sin. Don't even look upon sin. Sin's not going to enter into heaven. Not going to happen. And so, uh, if Adam uh, was to be saved, he had to believe by the Redeemer that was coming, mentioned in chapter 3, verse 15. So, that's as much as I'm going to say, because I have to stop on this. So covenant number two, the Adamic covenant. This is Saint, these are the three, after he fell, chapter 315, Satan, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. From that moment on, Satan was trying to figure out how to stop that covenant promise, that condition of a covenant. He was trying to stop it. How can I stop it? Maybe if I pollute the line, that'll work. Maybe if I have the line killed off, that'll work. Maybe if I have God kill him off, that'll work with the flood. That didn't work with the flood. He thought maybe if everybody went bad, God would have to kill them off, start all over again. Well, at least eight people got saved. Amen, Noah. So he tried different ways. Under the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and, con and, and, and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And your women said, And uh, thy desire shall be to thy husband, and your women said. And he shall, oh, he shall rule. That's almost a cuss word today. Couldn't you tone that down, little preacher? That's the old King James Bible, brother. He shall rule over thee. Once in a while I get in front of my Viking comes out in me. I get in front of my wife and go, I am the king of this castle. You ever done that? Do you ever do that? Okay. And she says, won't do you much good if you got nobody following you. I go, well, that's true. I'll be there by myself. King of a castle with no followers. A king with no country. If you women just understood us, man, just play along with us a little bit. We'll be, we'll get over it. You know, play along with it. You know, go, oh yeah, you're the king. Oh, da, 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 da. You know, then you'll be fine. You'll get over it. Go down the road, and you get what you want anyway. You get everything you want anyway, girls. Because we die first. God made that happen that way. We die first, and it's all yours. Eighty percent of the wealth of America is controlled by women. I read the other day. Amen? I've seen it with my own eyes. I just bought a gun this week, and I went back and told my wife, I bought your, after I die, your new husband, I bought him a gun. 
Oh, I'm never going to get married again, Bill. Right, right. I've heard that before. So let me go on. Verse 7, stop. And then to Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife. Oh, man, would I like to talk to you about that. And hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee. That's singular. Saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Singular. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and also thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Herb of the field. So you're, you're going to be a vegan, vegetarian. That was a curse in itself. Nevertheless, And the sweat of thy face, and boy, you know what that's like in Florida, don't you? Sweat of your face. Sweat of your face shall thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for the dust thou art, and the dust thou shalt return. That's his body, of course. We see the curses and the promises of that whole thing. Um, I want to make sure I don't miss anything here. You folks need to get it all. We'll make sure the curses and the promises. Curses on the woman, curses on the man, curses on the serpent. Certain conditions of the covenant. Curses, the most beautiful. Let me say a few things about the curse on the serpent. The serpent was, Satan and the serpent are separate. Okay? There was an animal that was probably one of the most beautiful animals in the entire earth. It's possible that the serpent stood upright and walked around. And when the serpent talked to Eve, she was not real surprised about it. There's a lot to be said for all that. You can conjecture all you want from past that. But the most beautiful and subtle of creatures created for the pleasure of man to be ruled by man was used, used by Satan. And incurred, because this animal was used by Satan, it incurred a specific curse to crawl on its belly and eat dust. Uh, did it stand? I don't know. Why was she not alarmed when she talked to it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe animals were able to communicate. Don't know. But even in the fallen state, even now in the fallen state of it all, snakes are some of the most beautifully colored and marked creatures on the planet. Smooth and fluid, almost wet looking, with motion that you don't even see coming. It's a fluid motion. You that appreciate snakes out there. When I had chickens, I had baby chickens, and little chicks go, okay, little chicks go, I can't do it. They, they make these little sounds, and boy, hawks, fox, bobcat, cougars, skunks, anything that eats meat loves the sound of them little chicks. 
also snakes. And so one night I go out there and I hear the chicks just going crazy. So I run out there with my light and my light hit this beautiful, absolutely gorgeous yellow form that was just bright yellow and it was wet looking. It was just wet looking. It was a yellow rat snake. They're perfectly yellow. I mean, they're just magnificent. There was a pair of them. It was a pair of them, two of them. And they were trying to eat my chicks. And I had to end one of their lives. I had to do that, break the couple up. But my life is to keep couples together, not to break them up. And so they, they had to break that union up. But I, was, I, I sat there before I killed it and marveled at its absolute beauty. I mean, it was beautiful. It was literally beautiful. I've seen flowers no just beautiful than that snake. Just fabulous. Just the way it moved. And, and it, was, it was just, I thought, man, God made that thing. But what would it have been like before the fall? What could it have been like before the fall? Now it's been cursed. And it's still this beautiful. And by the way, if you know, an orange rat snake's beautiful. They have multiple colorings. A diamondback snake's beautiful. A coral snake is beautiful. But I wouldn't handle them. Satan himself was given the name serpent. And the great dragon, this is Roman, uh, Revelation 12, 9, the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. So he was identified with this animal that he took possession of, and tempted Eve with. And so God curses the vessel that it comes through. Then the curse on Satan himself is involved in this covenant. It was the, what, the, what part of the curse was the total defeat and dominion by the seed of the woman. Now I want you, I'm going to stop here because this, if you know the Bible much, and some of you people really know the Bible well, you know there is no seed of the woman. That is not, that it's the seed of the man. Read the genealogies. They ain't woman, woman, no women are mentioned. It's, a, it's rarely is a woman mentioned, I should say, not ever, but rarely are women mentioned. It's the seed of so-and-so and the seed of so-and-so. Because now genetically we know, they did not possibly know, except God told them this is the way it is, the male-female part of a human being comes through the male, not the female. 23 genes, yes, are shared by each to make up 46 genes, but they didn't know all that. But they knew that through the man was where the male-female came, the identity of those things. But he said, he tells Satan something strange. He says, through the seed of woman, I'm going to crush your head. I bet Satan lifted up his... Lifted up his uh, Maybe his double the tongue came out. By the way, they use that tongue to smell. Normally the seed of man was referred to, but in this instance, God was going to intervene, do something never before heard of. We call it the virgin birth. Cause God actually to be born of a woman, not the man, consequently skipping the evil nature. And so Christ was God, man. Manifest in the flesh. And he could represent all creation just like Adam represented all creation to death so Christ could all represent all creation to life. Woohoo! I think I want to follow Jesus, not Adam. Who's your father? It's either Jesus or Adam. I'm going with Jesus. 
I'm going with Jesus. So the curse upon the woman, what about it? Multiply pain and bearing children. Evidently, bearing children in, in Eve's time would have been maybe easy. I don't know. Maybe there was no pain factor. Some of you women get blocked now. I've been, a, I've been to some birthings where women get blocked. They'll talk to you, be talking about the weather and everything else. Have, oh, I'm having a big contraction right now. You know, so that, that pain thing has somehow been, been interrupted for a while. But most, of, most generation, most world probably, women still have horrible pain in childbirth. It's also, she, she got a position of subordination, a clear position of subordination. Your, 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 your longing is going to go for your, your husband now. He's going to be the head, and, and even more so than it was probably with Adam and Eve, it was more co-equal. Though, they, though he was the head, it was co-equal. You wouldn't lord it over somebody. I mean, obviously, you're not supposed to do that as a Christian, right? We don't lord it over each other. Even if we have authority, we don't do that. That's not the right use of authority. And so, as a born-again Christian, we shouldn't be doing that. Now, the curse of humanity, the curse on, uh, curse on man. So, it was a curse on the ground, because he was a farmer, and he got all his food out of the ground, and it made it hard to grow. Toilsome, labor-filled sorrow, scratching out a living from the ground. The life of ease was over for Adam. The slant of the entire process was with resistance, hence the birth of Murphy's Law. People have ever done, if you've ever tried to build anything, Jeff knows Murphy's Law. If it falls, it falls jelly down. Uh, you know, if, if something goes, it's going to fall on its face. You drop your phone, it's going to be on the glass part. You know, I mean, it's just Murphy's Law, man. The promise of redemption, however, through the Redeemer. The first mention of the Savior here in verse 15 coming. Unconditional upon, upon, upon man's performance. The second covenant. He was coming no matter what. So the curse is on the serpent, curse on the woman, curse on the man. And promise of redemption was in the Adamic covenant. I'm going to stop now. So we're going to hit covenant number three next week, the Noetic covenant. Noetic covenant, I should say. And uh, what happened about the Noetic? Each one of these, each one of these builds up and eventually ends in what we're going to call the new covenant, the eighth covenant. And that's a sweet, sweet covenant as things go on. Father, thank you for a few minutes together talking about these covenants. Uh, help us, Lord God, to understand this. Uh, put it all together in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.